You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. and welcome to the fifth episode of the Bulldog Hour's second season. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, co-host Justin Rathoff. Yeah, it's uh, good good to be here and, um, you know, kind of hitting the middle of the season now and uh, plenty to talk about kind of as we wrap up the first half and we're, we're fully into league play now, so um, plenty to talk about and uh, whether we're looking back or looking forward, it, sh- it should be a good show. Yeah, definitely. And we're sitting here, thankfully, this time, very, very optimistic and positive after two nice Wilson Bulldog football victories in weeks five and six, both in league play. And we'll get into all that Um, because you remember last time here sitting for the fourth episode, we were talking about the week three loss to Central Dolphin and the week four victory over Warwick. But I mean, the players would tell you they weren't happy with the way they played in that week. So we're kind of coming in here like, you know. Just not exactly riding the high wave that we are this week, talking about these two victories and looking ahead to weeks seven and eight. So a little bit more positive spin on this episode of the Bulldog Hour as we recap the games against Lancaster McCaskey and Penn Penn Manor, as well as preview the game on the road at Lebanon, which is coming up this Friday, and then the Friday Following that, October 21st, the game against Mannheim Township, which is at Gursky, that is week eight and is setting up to be quite the huge matchup. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. First, we're going to start with the games that just happened in weeks five and six. Again, I said that was against J.P. McCaskey at home and then Penn Manor on the road at Millersville. And a lot different than the previous two games. Yeah. Uh, your team was clicking in really all facets, especially, uh, you know, offense, offensively and defensively against McCaskey. And then we saw special teams get involved against Penn Manor, even through some injuries that have sprung up or have lingered. The team has been clicking and winning games that they were expected to win. That's the biggest thing. You know, the central dolphin game was a toss up. It could have gone either way entering the season, during the game, you know, they lost. It is what it is. But every other game so far this season, Wilson's kind of entered as the presumptive ex- or expected winner. So the games against McCaskey and Penn Manor, ones where you're expected to win and possibly win big, when you actually do what's expected of you, that that's always nice to uh, to add to your repertoire for the season. Yeah, I think you kind of summed it up really well when you, you talked about the two weeks prior before, like, the sh- two games we were coming out of on the last episode, um, Central Dolphin and Warwick, like you said, no one would really leave those games saying, you know, well, that, that was close to our best, you know, and that's unfortunate, especially when you have a loss in there, but coming out, um, the McCaskey game and the, uh, Penn Manor game, again, I don't know that, I don't know that anyone would say that it was, it's their best effort yet, but at the same time, you could see some improvements from the previous two weeks to the two weeks we're going to talk about tonight. Um, and that's, that's what you need to see at this point in the season. You need to see uh, people who 
maybe didn't get the number of reps they have had in the past, um, or are sorry, are getting more reps now than they have in the past, are starting to kind of round into form and, and understand their roles better um, on the team and and be able to uh, make the contributions that that are needed in order to get the team rolling. Like you said, it's two games that you know the team is ex- basically expected to win, but there's a big difference between being expecting like expecting to win and going out and actually doing it. You know, if, if you show up thinking the other team is going to just give it to you because you're supposed to win, then that's how you end up in a close game at the end and you never know what will happen. Um, so you still have to go out and kind of uh, produce to, to make those results happen. And that's what they were able to do. So it kind of gave them some things to, build off of some, some more positives than they had had the previous couple of weeks, but there's still plenty to work on. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the first thing the coaches will say. And every time coach Doms is interviewed by a local paper or a digital media representative, he's always saying how, you know, despite what it shows on the scoreboard, when we get to practice, especially when we watch films, there's always something that we can do better, something we need to work on, something we need to change, whether it's game plan, you know, via coaching, or if it's actually the way the players execute what's, given to them during the week, you know, technique and fundamentals are always something that you have to continue to tweak and improve as the season goes on. Hopefully we're starting to see that from the Bulldogs as we definitely saw it in weeks five and six. So Wilson entered week five coming off of that victory over the Warwick Warriors in Lidditz, but you know, 14 to 10 wasn't that big, wasn't really inspiring. And everyone would tell you that. Um, one of the nice things about this episode of the show is we're going to have interviews with some players following the victories over McCaskey and Penn Manor. We didn't have that the previous show because, well, we don't like to, you know, interrupt the players and the coaches after a loss. And then the game against Warwick, to them, they felt like it was a loss. It was demoralizing. They just didn't perform the way they wanted to. And we just, you know, we didn't want to jump in and, and rock the boat and, uh, you know, talk to some people when they're not in the uh, best state of mind. Right. Yeah. It, down on the field, you can. You can pr- you can judge pretty well whether um, it's the appropriate time to ask some guys if they can stick around and, and talk a little bit, or if it's not. And uh, both of those games, the loss and the the win at Warwick, like you said, they they managed to win, but um, it just didn't seem like the the right time to be asking guys to stick around. Um, they were ready to just kind of get out of there and come home. I think. Yeah, we actually talked to four Wilson football players following the win versus McCaskey and two following the win versus Penn Manor, and we'll have all those for you as we roll the show right along. So on Friday, September 30th, week five of the 2016 Pennsylvania high school football season, the J.P. McCaskey Red Tornado came down to Gursky Stadium, which had just anointed a new sinkhole right outside, which was uh, throwing a wrench into some game day plans, uh, specifically athletic director Drew Kaufman and uh, you know the grounds crew uh, and whatnot with the Wilson School District had to reorganize the way that people entered the stadium. That wasn't at the main entrance, but it was one of the, the side entrances that people used a lot right by the locker room. Uh, so that is continued to be worked on at the high school. And hopefully by the time the October 21st game against Township rolls around, uh, things will be closer to normal than what they were a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So while it wasn't, you know, it was really kind of really bad timing that, day of the homecoming football game and hall of fame fame ceremony. I have this happen. If there's anything good you can take from it. I don't think there was any damage to the structures around. No, you're, you're, I believe you're correct. And also you, 
Wilson's on the road the next two weeks. Yep. So you could kind of at least silver lining now, there. There are other events on Bulldog Field and things like so. There's other things going on, but. Yep. The most yeah. foot traffic is going right. to happen on the football Friday evenings, yes. and uh, they avoided you know any any obviously any injuries to any people, and also any catastrophic issues with yeah, any of the buildings the or grounds. Thing. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'll, I'll pick it up and put it out there for you. No one was harmed in yeah. this sinkhole that erupted outside of Gursky Stadium Friday morning before the McCaskey game, which Wilson went on to win and in dominant fashion, fifty-five to nothing. It was their biggest win in two years or close to two years. The, they scored 62 and beat Cedar Crest by 56, 62 to 6, back on September 26, 2014. And I went back a few years to just see how many times they scored over 50. Um, and I stopped counting after I got to five after like three seasons because I was like, there's going to be way more than I anticipated. So I'm just going to stop on the head and not waste my time. But the Wilson offense or the Wilson team routinely scores. 50 or more points. And I don't want to focus on the offense because people think points equals offense. But as we see against Penn Mountain, it's not always the offense putting up the six plus points on the board. So Wilson teams usually score 50 plus once or twice a season, at least uh, while coach Doms has been uh, leading the squad. So McCaskey game. Well, let's jump right to it. Let's see if we can pull up some highlights and if they'll work for us this week. Cause you know, we always have issues with uh, the highlights. So we'll see if the package is working for us. And I believe that it is. So we'll give it a go here. Um, if I can manage not to mess this up. All right. All right. So the Wilson D forced the three and out and started at their own 38 when Connor Urig took a 32 yard read run all the way down to the McCaskey 30 to set up the Bulldogs early on their first drive, early in the first quarter, you can see them running down the sideline there. There were five more rushes that would then set up this nice six-yard touchdown pass from Connor Urig to Alex Twyford. It's a it's a standard pass we've seen a lot, and uh, one that Alex Twyford has had done over the last couple of seasons. Now, unfortunately, the the extra point snap was botched, and Wilson led six to nothing. Now, the ensuing kickoff. There's actually a fumble by the McCaskey player right coming up right here. And again, huddle highlights, man, just bad. But I, I didn't see, quite see who caused it, but junior Andrew Weller recovered it and set up what would be another Wilson touchdown on the exact next play. And it is another touchdown pass from Connor Urig to Mason McElroy, this 18-yarder to a wide-open Mason McElroy. Uh, the defender seemed to get lost there, and Mason was wide open gets the score. Wilson goes up 12-0, and once again, the extra point is no good. Now, a little defensive highlight here for you. The fifth play of the ensuing McCaskey drive is a sack by Brian Wright, as you can see some help from Fode Jello. And then Wilson got the ball back, and on the eighth play of their third possession, and the last play of the first quarter, a nice 13-yard rush by senior running back Tommy O'Brien ends the first quarter with Wilson leading 12-0. The third play of the second quarter is Wilson's third touchdown of the game. It's a 15-yarder on a jet sweep by Mason McElroy. Put the Bulldogs up 18-0. The kick didn't fail, but the two-point try did. Uh, they were unable to score on the two-point conversion. Now, on the next kickoff, they went uh, with a, a short kick to the right. I'm not sure if it was intentional or not. It looked to be this time. Um, it's actually deflected by Andrew Weller, who recovered the previous fumble, but this one is recovered by J.P. Schauber. 
And Wilson's neck drives ends in the touchdown. Um, but first, the fourth play of the drive, after a timeout and a few penalties, Connor Yerg hits Mason McElroy over the middle to pick up a nice chunk of yardage, 14 yards on that pass. And then the very next play, Yerg hits Justin Weller wide open out of Wilson's bunch formation, and the senior transfer does the rest, going 31 yards to extend the Wilson lead to 25 nothing. after the first successful extra point of the night. Now, the D dominated all night, but the third play after Wilson's touchdown was a great example of assignment football or doing your job as junior defensive end Chris Price stayed at home and just throws McCaskey's running back Godwin for a two-yard loss. McCaskey's now forced a punt, which apparently didn't want to show up or I already talked past it. I'm not sure. Um, but that one um, leads to a Reynoso 11-yard rush on the fourth play of the drive. And then on the very next play after that, Reynoso finds a seam up the middle and scores from 23 yards out with the Bulldogs in control on top 32 to nothing, about three minutes left in the second quarter. After the kickoff, the first play of the McCaskey drive, a slightly high pass is tipped and picked off by Justin Weller right there. Now, unfortunately, the Bulldogs were unable to add to their lead as the third play following that interception is a fumble on a um, bad read exchange. <clears throat> McCaskey ended up turning the ball over on downs, but Wilson threw an interception. It was a nice play by the McCaskey defensive end, as you'll see right here highlighted. He read read the play the whole way and stepped right in front of the pass. And that would take us into halftime with Wilson on top, 32 to nothing. The second play of the third quarter is a 32-yard rush by Iggy Reynoso, and the Bulldogs also tack on another 15 yards following a penalty on a late hit out of bounds, I believe. Two plays later, Reynoso gave way to freshman running back Abdul McFoy, and his from his wingback position, he takes it to Paydirt from four out, 39 to nothing Bulldogs early in the third quarter. Now the Wilson D forced another three and out, but the punt snap for McCaskey goes over the head, and Ed Ortiz forces the safety in the end zone, despite what the one referee would like you to believe. Now the JVs are in and junior Darius Copeland takes ensuing free kick all the way back to the McCaskey 35. No, no. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad the huddle is great with these highlights. Um, let's see where we're at here. We recovered a fumble and then I think, well, that was Darius Copeland right, taking the right. jet handoff from a uh, few trick, um, getting a touchdown. The two pointer was no good. This put up Wilson up 47, nothing. Um, the JV defense forced a McCaskey turnover on downs. And then JVO, fourth and 14, Chandler Fern hits Andrew Weller for 16. He made a really nice catch on the sideline. McCaskey didn't want to believe that he caught it, but he definitely did. I was standing right there. Um, another fourth down, fourth and 10 from 17. And Fern hits a wide open and uncovered Alex Joswiak for the touchdown. And the two-point play, and I believe the last highlight, is run by Hunter Regal, which brings us to the final 55 nothing for the Bulldogs. He gets a little bit of help from his team here to get in the end zone. As it should be. Good team effort there. Good team effort. Love it. When it all comes together right now, we'll see the scoreboard fly up here. 55 nothing Bulldogs was your final. And, uh, hey, what a great victory. So, yeah. so Okay, a little bit better with the highlights. We're still yeah, working some those, things out. I'm not right. sure where a couple of those plays apparently disappeared on me. Yeah, I don't know. Because 
Yeah, but the plays we had, it, it worked out pretty well, and the circle was getting better. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. That. Um, I don't know if it's a browser thing or yeah. what. But again, like you said, there there were still some things that that we could clean up on, but a lot there were a lot of positives from the McCaskey game as well, and that's kind of uh, what you'd like to see. And I know that the team was excited about getting the shutout um, and maintaining oh, the shutout, and it was nice to see um, the younger guys kind of step in and. While it may not be at the quite same quite the same pace and everything, they they really were able to kind of get in there and do the job as well, putting moving the ball and putting points on the board, and the defense was able to stop the McCaskey offense as well. So right. that, that's what you'd like to see. So that worked out really well. It was a it was a good game for sure. So we're gonna take a look now at the interviews we conducted following the big win over McCaskey. We were able to talk to Mason McElroy and Iggy Reynoso as well as Connor Urig and Justin Weller. All right, we're here post-game after Wilson's dominating victory over McCaskey. 55 to nothing. Joining us is senior Mason McElroy and junior Iggy Reynoso. Our guys, a little rocky the last two weeks. Tough loss to Central Dolphin. And you snuck out of Warwick with a victory. But tonight, things were going your way. What was the attitude like in practice this week leading up to the game? Uh, we had a good week of practice. We, had, we were just like trying to minimize the mistakes and penalties. We still had a couple of penalties, but we just had, we just had a good week of practice. We had it. Uh, the past two weeks, we didn't practice well and that showed out in the game. And this week, we did show out in the game. Uh, 55 points, obviously the offense was going tonight. Got set up a little bit by a few turnovers. What was the attitude in the huddle? What were you ready to do knowing that you had only scored 14 points last week and six points the week before? Touchdown. Get those six. Yeah, score every Iggy, you had a big game tonight, 124 yards. It's your first 100-yard game since a week one victory over Mifflin. Uh, you had a pretty significant number of carries. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, 16. Uh, do you like to get get the ball often? Yeah, I love, it. I, love I love carrying the ball. Yeah, the more the better, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a certain a certain uh, area of play that you like to go? You like up the middle, outside? I like the end zone. <laughs> you like the end zone? Yeah. I, I like that answer. Well, you, you were able to uh, to get in there, so that's good. Um, Mason, what what were they throwing at you? Offensively, when you were out there playing cornerback, did they throw anything at you that you weren't expecting? Uh, the seams, post that's pretty much it. So, uh, practice and films had you guys ready to go defensively this week? He's the real deal. He'd be going off in practice. <laughs> All right, well, now you got a, another Section 1 showdown next week to make it 60 in a row um, over uh, Section 1 foes. You go to Millersville to take on Penn Manor. Is there anything anything you guys want to say to fans and Bulldog football fans out there? Practice makes perfect. The fans are a great part of our, uh, like, how we play and everything. They, they get the game all lit for us. And it's fun. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, we're back now with junior quarterback Connor Urig and senior wide receiver and cornerback Justin Weller. Now, Yurig, uh, you were able to get 75 yards and seven carries and also throw for over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Justin, you had two catches for 43 yards and a touchdown, and you guys were able to put up 55 points, a joint effort uh, with uh, the JVs there at the end. And I know a big deal to get the shutout as well. 
Uh, but talk about your uh, chemistry you've developed over the first five games of the season as uh, uh, you and Weller have uh, been able to connect a, a couple times now this year. Well, we got a lot of reps in practice throughout the like summer and the first five weeks of football, so we're really connected now. Just working hard in practice, getting up until you can actually see me in practice, and then just kind of converse the game, which is how it works out. And now you're you're not getting very much time on D with your uh, your opportunities at quarterback, but Justin, you really you forced your way into the defensive uh, lineup from day one. You've been starting cornerback opposite Mason, who we talked to. What was your adjustment like um, to the Wilson defense coming in from Illinois over the summer? So it was a big adjustment. Uh, Wilson plays all on signals, and where I came from, we had, we had dual play bands, we had offense and then defense on one arm. So. Coming here, I just had to learn what they were, understand the concepts, and once I understood the concepts, it became almost second nature. It's a lot easier to play when it's second nature. Tonight versus McCaskey, did they, the defensively, did they throw anything at you when you were out there on offense that you weren't expecting, or was it pretty much exactly what you saw during the week of practice and on films? Yeah, the film told it all, and coaches told us what they were going to do, and we just executed the game plans. Now, uh, you're, you give a. a a, a kind of a dual threat option there back at quarterback is when you don't see uh, one of your receivers open, you're able to tuck and run. Can you say, are you? is that something you really like to do, or would you rather sit there in the pocket and find someone like Justin, Mason, Fode? I like you, to do both because they can get open too, so I like to stay in there as long as I can to get them the ball. But then if I don't see anything after a while, I just I can rush. All right, we're five games into the season. You're sitting at four and one. Uh, in control in the uh, section race. You're heading to Penn Manor next week to take on the Comets. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to the second half of the year, the next five games, um, specifically that you want to point out? Just keep it up. Your weeks of practice, having excellent prices instead of just average prices. The transfers, obviously, to the game. We had an excellent week of practice this week, and the last couple of weeks we haven't had really good practices, and it obviously translates to the field. And it's just it's just fun playing and winning like this, 55 nothing. I just want to keep it up, keep going. Yeah, this definitely gets you going. So two road games, Penn Manor, Lebanon, before you're back here for a big showdown with Mannheim Township. Is there anything you guys want to say to fans, family, anything? Uh, thanks for coming out on this cold day to support us. Yeah. We're just going to take one game at a time all the way through. All right, thanks, guys. Cheeseburgers, burgers, and hot dogs. All right, so we appreciate the four gentlemen stopping with us and taking some time to answer some of our questions. Some interesting and funny responses, especially from Iggy. He likes to, uh, you know, go a little bit out there, not exactly um, answered in the fashion that we expect, but everyone got a good laugh out of it. Anytime you win like that, you know, people are high, uh, you know, coming off of, uh, you know, uh, you know, low against uh, Central Dolphin and Warwick, then performing like that against McCaskey. You know, a lot of jokes. It's good to see the players having a good time. Right, yeah. And, and that's kind of the attitude, you know, that you can have after that kind of game. You know, it, it was one of those things where they, they had struggled for a couple of weeks through a loss and through a win and to come out and have a game like that. Uh, not that it was a perfect game, but there was a lot to just kind of, um, take a deep breath over, you know, and, and enjoy in that win. So I think that was much needed win by the team and that was reflected in the interviews afterwards. For sure, for sure. So just a couple pictures from the game that I took that evening, one of the captains, and then afterwards as we were getting ready to do our interviews, uh, you know, just another example, 
having a good time. Iggy's definitely a kid who likes to have a good time, and he, he you know he was he was funny to to talk to after the game, and I'm sure we'll catch up with him again in the coming weeks. Uh, but player of the game, you know, it was an interesting when we talked about. There's a couple standouts that we kind of narrowed it down to three. We were throwing around quarterback uh, Connor Urig, uh running back, cornerback, returner Mason McElroy, and running back, outside linebacker Iggy Reynoso. And the uh, final tally. And I'm not going to lie, it you know kind of came down to after Penn Manor too. Not to say we won't choose people twice because we did last year, um, but you know a couple guys came up over the last two weeks, um, and we decided that the Week Five Player of the Game was Iggy Reynoso for his ability to carry the ball against McCaskey. He rushed 16 times, accumulating 124 rushing yards and scoring the one rushing touchdown that we highlighted right up the middle of the defense. So. Getting back into that 100, 100 yards plus column for the first time since the week one victory over Mifflin was huge, you know, and, and he talked about, he, you know, he likes to get the ball and he likes to be in the end zone. And we saw that happen against McCaskey. So for his efforts, he was our player of the game for the victory over McCaskey. All right. So final closing thoughts on McCaskey. Honestly, I was a little shocked. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because coming into the game, well, again, we, we talked about we, we expected a win, uh, but McCaskey has uh, some, some talented players there. Um, you know, when we're looking at scores that have come in, you know, from around the district, um, in, in week one, McCaskey was in the game with State College. 24 and, to 13. Right. And State College couldn't really put him away. State College, a lot of people were talking high on, but, you know, after a game like that, week one, you're like, well, it's week one and you don't really know who have they played. Well, State College just beat Cumberland Valley, um, who was kind of the presumptive number. Well, they were the number one team in the district at at 6A, but they were also kind of assumed to be one of of the the best around and kind of maybe hang on to that spot. Um, And they lost to State College uh, just recently. So, you know, you come in and you're like, oh, man, like what's that State College, you know, loss for McCaskey, but it was a close loss. What's that mean? Well, you know, I think what happened was, especially on some of the special teams plays early when a couple of things just didn't go right and Wilson was able to take advantage of those things. Yeah. Um, it was a slippery slope. Finally, like, yeah, it just kind of snowballed out of control. And I think some of the McCaskey players realized early on that, you know, they they needed a lot to go right and it right. wasn't going right early and that kind of just snowballed. Yeah, they didn't. Saw. If they were going to beat Wilson, especially on the road, they had to play a perfect game, and immediately that ended with the issues on special teams. You know, at the end of the first quarter, it was only twelve nothing, right? And in high school football, that's not a huge lead. No. I mean, I, I was still feeling anxious about the game. Like twelve nothing is not enough, especially against a team that has so many quality and talented right. skill players that can open up the field. Right. And when you're looking at it, you you think like, man, we've had a lot go right in yeah. this first quarter, and we're only up twelve nothing, right. like. You know, one thing goes bad. Like you look at at the fumble highlight we showed, and while Connor didn't get the ball back, he was able to hold up the guy long mm-hmm. enough that he couldn't pick it up. Now Iggy came flying back and and contributed to tackle. Guys were flying back to the ball. I get that, but if one of their guys picks it up on a dead run, I'm not sure we catch him in time. You know, yeah, and, and, and next say. thing you know, now that was later in the game, but like. You just you never know. All it takes is a broken play to kind of swing momentum and sure. Um you know, but Wilson was able to kind of just 
stay steady and, and get the job done, which was good and much needed. As uh, the administrator of the uh, Wilson social media accounts, I got a little chirping from some of the McCaskey fans during the game, um, questioning us up 41 nothing and going for it on fourth down and throwing the ball. And I didn't respond to him, but I'm just like, it was our junior varsity. Like, I don't know. We're not going to just take a knee every play. Right. Uh, we ran the ball three times, got stopped, and threw the ball. I, I, I like. I don't have an explanation for it, um, and I don't want to be, you know, coarse or, or you know, rude about right. anything. I, I, I don't know what they expected us to do. Um, you know, the, those kids that earned that playing time, the young players looking for the future, they've earned that right to go out and play and not just be, you know, the tackling dummies for the varsity. Yeah, and if they can, if they can match up and play, you know, especially because they played most of the third in the entire fourth quarter. Right. A lot of kids got quality time uh, and experience. That's always, you know, an we, we added talk plus. About that every year, in when we talk about it before the season, while there's a lot of new kids getting that, there's a lot of expectations for every year. The more opportunities they get like this, you know, well, that's two quarters that they got to play where they wouldn't have played before. You know, right. so. That's two quarters more experience than they would have gotten. So, you know, that's it, it's unfortunate that it can be portrayed negatively, but like it's just kind of the reality of it. Yeah, I just, I just was, you know, just shaking my head and calling us classless and rude. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't it, it would be different if our varsity was in there and we're, we're throwing it every down. in like trick plays. Or it, something right, like right, right. This was three basic running plays and a passing play on fourth down. And we didn't convert on every fourth down, but the junior varsity played very well that we've seen years where the varsity comes out up big and JV just gets steamrolled. They can't stop anyone. They give up two or three touchdowns. Offense doesn't move the ball. Special teams can't kick. And, you know, coach Dom, he wants you ready to go. It doesn't matter your status. And that's, that could be a good segue into our next game because the Penn Manor game last year, you're the, right. The varsity, I think, was up 35 nothing in after the first, the first quarter. quarter. And then the game ended up being like 42-21 or something like that. You're right, it was. And um, it was one of those things, I don't think Penn Manor had scored maybe in a couple weeks coming into that game. I, I don't even know. But like yeah. it was it was bad. And I remember being on the field after that game, and it the coaches let uh, the players who kind of went in and didn't do their job um, – as a group, they, they let them know that that was unacceptable. Right. And so when you get into this situation in McCaskey this year, that wasn't the case. So I think you have to be very pleased that that's how it went. Oh, definitely. Year. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. I remember the coaches were not happy with the way the backups and junior varsity players that got an ample amount of playing time, you know, nearly three quarters of a game, they were in, in the second quarter. Yeah. And but the, they scored once, and that might have been even the varsity in the second quarter. It might not have even been the JV, but JV gave up three touchdowns. You know, it's you got to be ready to go. Next man up. Doesn't matter if it's injury, grades, suspension, anything like that, or a blowout, blowout loss, or a blowout victory. You got to be ready to go and ready to play and show um, the coaches and fans what you're going to do and what the future of Wilson football is. And Coach Doms was not happy with the way. The, the backups in JV played against Penn Manor last year, uh, but definitely pleased with the way they played against McCaskey. Yeah, and and so um, coming out of that game, you know, we, again, then Wilson was going back on the road, um, traveling to Millersville uh, to play Penn Manor. And um, again, a little bit, 
I don't know. It wasn't the same as the McCaskey game because I, I don't know. I think we've had a little bit better idea of what we were going to get from yeah, Penn Manor. Um, Justin, I think, feel like we know more about the opponents that Penn Manor have played so far. Um, but again, you, going on the road, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and you have to go out there and execute. And again, I, things weren't quite as crisp as the McCaskey game. No, I uh, agree with that assessment. But it wasn't, it was still in, an improvement over the Warwick game from two weeks ago. Absolutely. And, uh, again, still plenty of things that were positives that you can build on, including they seem to have cleaned up some of the issues on special teams where mm-hmm. they were getting big plays that were always called back for, yep. um, penalties. And they were able to avoid some of that in the Penn Manor game. And that, that really, kind of swung the game and, and blew it wide open. Yeah, and Wilson ended up winning this one over Penn Manor in Millersville, 42-13. to 13. Now, it, w- it was close at the beginning. Uh, I believe the after the first quarter, was it 14-7 to 7 or was it 21-7? No, I'm not exactly sure. Well, at one point late in the first, it was 14-7. to 7. It went into halftime 28-7. to 7. Uh, Wilson went on to go up 42-7, to 7, and the... Comet scored on the Wilson Junior Varsity near the end, um, but the extra point was wide. So that's your final score, forty-two to thirteen. Now, unfortunately, I don't have, I didn't attempt to do highlights of this one. Just didn't have the time to do it. But we're gonna watch the game film or parts of it uh, while we talk about it. So hopefully, we can find some of the big plays and show them to you because there were a couple um, great ones. Uh, and we're gonna start here, pick up the action. On Wilson's first offensive series, um, which included a nice run by Iggy Reynoso. And the Bulldogs kind of moved down the field at, at will uh, on, on their first series with the ball. They, they wanted to feature the running game. You know, they were missing um, two players completely, two, you know, two key players in Alex Twyford and Fode Gillot, uh didn't play at all the entire game. Franz Borden, senior offensive lineman, returned, um, but played sparingly. And this wasn't necessarily because they couldn't play or couldn't play at full speed, but it was more of a choice of, we need you to get healthy for the stretch run. We need you for two weeks from now against Manheim Township and the last week against Conestoga Valley. And then looking forward to the playoffs. We need some of these key players to be healthy and ready to go. But the team came out, fired up, and, and looked good. You know, d- defense bent a little on their first drive, but they forced the punt. Wilson got the ball, and it was pretty much Iggy, Iggy, Iggy. Then they give it to Urig. They come back. Um, as they moved into the Penn Manor area, they throw in a few passes. Um, but slowly working their way down the field, and then they get a big run, a nice run by uh, Iggy Reynoso right here. So um, things got off to a nice start, and... You know, got contributions from a few guys that, you know, regularly, not not the starters. You know, we got to see Iggy Moore on defense. We got to see a sophomore Nick Johnson in a tight end. Uh, we uh, were continually able to see freshman uh, Nate Keller along the offensive line. And it's still incredible to think that there's a freshman starting on the offensive line for Wilson. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty incredible. That doesn't – I think Doms has said, like, he doesn't think he, it's ever I, happened yeah, in the time that he's This is his aware 41st of, yeah. season, I think. Um, so I'm going to see if I can bring up some of the uh, the scoring plays here and, and get those to you. Here's the first one, so we'll bring that one up. Uh, 
It was just a nice little toss to uh, Iggy Reynoso outside. Wilson gets on the board first, goes up seven to nothing. And again, from the other, the wide camera, if it pops up, there we go. Again, having camera issues, we helped them set it up before the game. Um, hopefully this things get righted and this, the, the tech stuff is, is always, uh, bothering but uh with the return of franz we did get the normal long snapper back we saw over the last few weeks when he was injured uh that things just there just was something off a little bit whether it was a snap the hold the kick just something wasn't working in the blocking too i mean it's not always uh the specialist there sometimes the blocking just doesn't get it done um but they did this night uh nick Brelly was was perfect uh six for six on on the evening we talked about multiple facets you know, offense, defense, special teams getting involved. Well, here's one where special teams finally getting to break one. You know, you you kid with Mason all the time, seeing him in class about, you know, wait, when are you going to break one? When are you going to take it? And you just mentioned it to him this week in class. Well, he decided to put on a nice little uh, highlight reel here and uh, break it off, make some nifty moves, and get into the end zone to put the Bulldogs up two scores early in the for- first quarter. Yeah, and like you said, I, I talked to him on Friday afternoon, and I said, maybe this is the week. And he just kind of smiles, like he always does. He never really mentions much about it, but he just kind of smiles. And, and you know, this this was a big week for him, uh, and this was just the start of it, um, as you can see. But it, it started out, I was like, oh, man, you know, he maybe has a chance to get the edge right away. Then he cut back, and then when he's going, I'm like, oh, maybe this is it. And then I thought he was going to get tackled by the punter. And then, <laughs> and then he cut back. That would be bad to make it through. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so you can see that it's actually nearing the end of the first quarter um, to put the Bulldogs up fourteen to nothing. Now, unfortunately for the Bulldogs, um, the fourteen to nothing lead wouldn't last uh, because they kicked it off, gave the ball back to Penn Manor, um, and they uh, they would put some points on the board um, on a nice pitch and catch from their quarterback to one of their solid wide receivers right here you take a look at it if you're watching on the video gets behind the coverage makes a guy miss and he's off to the races and he's not going to be caught and he gets into the end zone and all of a sudden now it's 14 to 7 and you don't really know uh what what to say you're like oh man not again you think you got a cushion you think you have some stuff going on um but right there, you know, he, I believe that's Grant Gale, who has been there for, it feels like forever. He's yeah. been there a few years already. Well, I think a he's a junior. Last year, wasn't I think he? he's a junior. I don't even think he's, he's done with it. So I think he's back next year, which is crazy. But so there you see, uh, Penn Manor cutting it to 14 to seven. And, you know, you're like thinking, all right, what, well, you know, is this going to be one of those games where you think you can, you, you take care of it, you get your job done. And then one little play like that, all of a sudden, Right. Oh man, you know, and you know, we heard people talking like, "What was the mistake there?" But that's something we're not going to call anyone out. But that's something that we talked about beforehand. That the coaches say there's always something you can work on. Obviously, right. there was some kind of miscommunication, alignment, or just misread on the defenseman's part or multiple defenders' part. That's something that you got to be cleaned up as the season move on, and that's just something that you work on in films and in practice each week. Right, and and uh, I think in it might have been in um, Jeff Reiner's uh, write up for LL News. Now he's back there. Um, it might have been him where he was talking with Doms, and Doms kind of mentioned how there's there's a big staff, and sometimes they get uh, they kind of get grief for it, like 
you know, all in good humor, but, um, he talks about how that is a, a big key to there. There's a lot of eyes watching all the different players, all the different positions and exactly what it is they're supposed to be doing every play. And so when someone makes a mistake, he said, it does not go without being corrected. And, and that's the key because look, you're, you're going to make mistakes a, a lot early in the season. And the key is to just keep correcting them and make fewer and fewer mistakes as the season goes on and start to put it together. So, um, you know, like you said, you know, when we, we talk about the results of the game, wasn't that big of a deal, but you want to correct those things so that they're not a bigger deal later in the year. Now, a great way to make up for a defensive last is to, uh, you know, score a touchdown on the next kickoff. Yeah. And, you know, probably can see where this is going. You know, we talked about special teams. We already had a punt return for a touchdown by Mason McElroy. This one is, oh, this one's Mason McElroy as well. Now, he's going to take this one back 94 yards with a nice little zigzagging here, back and forth, back and forth. And he finally splits the few defenders, and he's off to the races. No one's going to catch him. 94 yards for the score. The punt return one, I believe, was 67. So now, you know, he's over 150-some yards just on these two returns. Special teams, you know, the name of the game early in the game for Wilson put them up 21-7, to just, you know, a few ticks into the second quarter. And that one right there is what kind of broke Penn Manor. When they went up 21-7 to with two of those three scores being on special teams, right. you kind of see, you know, just they, the air kind of let out They're of coming off the, the rush of just scoring that – you know, big play, um, knowing they probably need a few big plays to, to kind of have things go their way in this game. And then before they even have a chance to get the defense out there, um, the score is 21 seven, you know? Right. So, uh, that, that kind of, uh, swung momentum back to Wilson. And that, that was a big key. The teams traded a couple, you know, uh, three and outs and ends of drives, couple punts back and forth. And we're going to pick it up here, um, nearing the end of the second quarter, approaching halftime. And we're going to see a nice, uh, pass from Connor Urig to wide receiver Brian Wright, who, you know, we all thought he was in and gets a score on this pass. You know, it's a, you know, a 30 yard pass down the sideline. And we thought he was in and he hit. The pylon, but nope, the referee says that he went out literally probably like the inch line, yeah. you know, the way you look at it. Um, but, you know, that's okay. It is what it is. Um, Wilson's going to come right down from the one-yard line and should be ready to go and pick it up. Um, this is some great camera work by uh, your assistant up there in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> he does what he can. <laughs> and. Connor Yard gives it to Iggy Reynoso up the middle from one yard out. This extended Wilson's lead to after the successful extra point, 28 to 7. And that's where we would sit at halftime. Here's another look from the end zone camera. You can see some nice, nice double team blocks. And Iggy just finds, uh, flies behind Chris Price, Nate Keller, Jake Himes, uh, Wyatt Schonauer, Isaiah Regal, those five big boys up front getting the job done. The extra point would be good, and as I said, we're pro- halftime up 21, feeling pretty good about it. Um, there's still still work left left to be done, but all in all, a successful first half. Yeah, and you know, um, again, there there were some things that you know you wanted to shore up. You'd given up a big play uh, in the first half where they got a score, so you you wanted to try and uh, avoid that, and uh, you know maybe get a couple scores on offense and get smooth some things out there because, like you said, we. We would have some plays, and then you know we'd we'd have some miscues. Um, again, not to the degree that we had a few weeks ago, but still, 
you wanted to kind of iron some things out before um, the end of the game. And second half, for the most part, they were able to get the – well, they were. They were able to get the job done and uh, kind of continue on um, and have a successful game. A 21-point lead is nice, and any teams would love to have it. But in high school football, you see leads like that evaporate quickly. So Wilson's still up 21 here in the about the middle of the third quarter. It's 28-7. to Penn Manor has the ball approaching midfield. And now you're like, at least the pessimist in me is always thinking, man, if they score here, now they're only down by two. You know, it's crazy to think like that, but it's just like, oh, man, if they, they score on this one, now we're but only it's especially 14. in your mind when you've seen in this game already, there's two special teams touchdowns, and they scored on a big on play a over big the pass, top. Right. So. so I'm just thinking, I was like, man, all right, we gotta get, we got to get the stop. we got to get the offense going. We need to put another one on the board uh, for everyone supporting the red and white to feel good. Well, you know, it's a three-phase game. We've seen the offense click and the special teams click against Penn Manor. So I think it's uh, the defense's turn. So you could probably figure out where I'm going with this as we're mm-hmm. watching them line up. But it's going to be outside linebacker Brian Wright showing his hops there, getting up to pick off the pass, and then he rumbles back. His wide receiver skills coming into handy as he makes a cut. Nice block by Leo Quigley there at the end. So Brian Wright picks off the Penn Manor pass, and he rumbles, uh, I think, close to 40 yards to the end zone. Doesn't look like we have an end zone camera view of that. So Bulldogs now up 35-7. to Now you're like, okay. Now I feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, anytime the defense can chip in six plus the extra point, you know, you feel you feel really happy about that. Yeah, so it was a it was a good read by Brian to get out there, um, and then, like you said, he was able to make the catch. And then I honestly thought he was going to get out or run out inside the ten, but he was able to kind of stay right on the goal line or right on the sideline and uh, managed to get his way in with the help of some some key blocks there. All right, so now we're, I believe, towards the end of the third quarter, and we're starting to see um, Wilson. They just they just started to handle um, Penn Manor. They they couldn't get anything going on offense or defense. The Bulldogs drove down the field and looked to punch it in another time and extend their lead to thirty. Five and go up forty-two to seven and invoke the coveted mercy rule, as uh, you know, newspaper writers love when that happens. Running clock, get that game over, get your story in, and go home. So we're gonna see here Wilson score their fifth touchdown on, of the game, and now Grayson Klein was in at quarterback. Reynoso still in, supposed to go to the left. He decides, nope, I'm cutting back, going to the right, and I'm going to the pylon. He stretches the ball over, and there it is. Wilson goes up forty-two to seven. And all that was left for Penn Manor to do was to score against the Bulldogs Junior Varsity, uh, another long pass, I believe. So, you know, there's yeah. something clicking there. I be- and I think both those guys for Penn Manor that were hooking up on those passes are underclassmen, I, I right. believe. Don't quote me on it, but I think that's that's the truth. So, well, obviously, there's some talent there right. for the year see, coming up next you year. You can see that, while well, the team still has, uh, you know, a long way to go. This Penn Manor team was completely different than the team we saw last year. Oh um, yeah, you know this. They they had flashes this year where they kind of showed. I mean, I guess last year they they did score those three touchdowns, but we we mentioned that earlier. But this team, you know, it it was a just the whole game had a very different feel. Um, not quite like the games, you know, uh, five six years ago against Penn Manor, but 
very different from last year's game. So, you know, they're a program. I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, but again, Wilson was able to get there and take care of business and, and handle stuff on Friday night. Now, so there's no film to see the Wilson JV again interception. Isaiah Gilmore picked off a pass. That was the last highlight we'd want to show. Not working in huddle. Um, that's just the way things are. So, um, you know, another, another solid game by the, uh, the Wilson football team. All three phases getting in on the action this week. Offense, defense, especially special teams, uh, with Mason McElroy. You know, 42 to 13 win. Expected outcome, just like the, the McCaskey one. And, uh, Wilson's now rolling. Uh, this game was the 60th consecutive LL League victory. 59 was against McCaskey. 60 against Penn Manor. Uh, they continue to extend their own streak in Lancaster Lebanon League uh, consecutive victories. And uh, they, they'll look to add in the coming weeks with four league games and four games overall left to play. So a couple of pictures from the game at Penn Manor on Friday night. So before we move on to the player of the game, we were able to talk with a couple Bulldogs after the victory. And once again, we caught up with Mason McElroy and Brian Wright. Mason, special teams ace, and Brian contributing on offense and defense. So let's take a listen to what they had to say after the victory over Penn Manor. All right, we're live at Chris Field at Beams River Stadium in Millersville with uh, the victorious Wilson Bulldogs representing them this evening. Our seniors, Mason McElroy and Brian Wright, both of who had significant contributions to the Bulldogs' 42-13 victory over the Penn Manor Comets. It is the Wilson Bulldogs' 60th straight Lancaster Legend League Section 1 victory. Um, Mason... Two special teams touchdowns tonight. And people have been giving you grief all year for not breaking off one yet. A couple couple weeks back, you know, there was uh, some good returns, but it always seems to be some kind of penalty, uh, warranted or not, thrown when you're trying to dance around back there and break a big one. That tonight, you got to do it both kickoff and punt return. Did you see something in films this week that said, "Hey, I think this will week be the week I'll get one," or is it just uh, blocking blocking worked out tonight and there were no no laundry on the field afterwards? Coach Dobbs, like, really hard on, like, getting to the wall and just, like, just don't block anyone in the back. Like, we, could just, we had this new thing. If you block someone in the back, you just start running the fifties. So, no one really wants to do that anymore. So, I guess I guess we all learned our lesson. I ran to the wall. And good things happen when you do that. Yeah, we thought you were almost going to break another one down the sideline. Uh, it was probably in the third quarter uh, before you got tackled. But you gave the team some good field position all night. Uh, it was a great contribution. Um... We also saw not only touchdowns on offense, but also on defense, and that came way, came way by Brian Wright's interception, pick six. Uh, take us through what happened on that play. Were you, were you running zone, man? How did you end up in the right spot at the right um, time? At that time, we were running zone, and the quarterback was rolling, and I knew he was going to throw it to my side because they were going to number seven the whole time, picked it off. Grant Gale, I believe, is out there number for their go-to guy. Uh, he just hopped right in front of it and took it to the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skirting a few defenders on her way. It was a nice return. Uh, on offense, you also hold them three catches for 75 yards. We thought you had one down here at the end zone. They put the ball in the one, and Iggy got a, a touchdown on that. Um, but that was another excellent catch by you, and you seem to have, kind of have developed a nice rapport with uh, quarterback Urig. 
All right, so guys, another big win. You know, 97 total points scored over the last two weeks. Offensive, defense, special teams all chipping in. Uh, one win closer to your ninth straight league title. You're heading to 11 in next week, a team that the Bulldogs haven't played in nearly two decades. Uh, is there anything the coaching staff has been saying over the last week or leading into this two-week stretch on the road um, to get you better prepared? Never taking a point lately because you never know what can happen. Football's a weird game. Uh, one play, one play away, one throw away, one run away. Like anything can happen. So just never take anyone away. Now, during the week, or at least in the day or so leading up to this game, I uh, realized you probably were going to be missing a couple key key guys. Um, what was the atmosphere in the locker room and the attitude of the players, knowing you're going to miss a, a, a few uh, starters uh, uh, again? Um, uh, I, you just had to step up. Like we lost uh, Fode, a great player, and Alex. Uh, type of player, so everyone's just got to make up and step up, work harder at practice because we didn't have him at all this uh, this week at practice. So you know going into the game that you're not gonna have him, so that's a plus. But you just got to work hard and um, just step up. Uh, did it make a big difference for you this week? I believe um, Franz Borden was back to long snap. Was he doing that now again? Yeah, yeah. yeah is that a little bit different than than uh, the previous weeks, Franz? And you have a nice rapport together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just something we noticed Franz back in the lineup. So I know they're easing him back in after his ankle injury. So um, anything to say after the victory tonight over the comments as we head into a Lebanon in the w seventh week of the season? Uh, we're going to just keep playing hard and take more opponents. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, well, we thank Mason McElroy and Brian Wright for sticking around after the game to talk to us and just get a few things out there. You know, um, it's, it's, I know everyone that listens and watches the show appreciates hearing from the players, and we're going to get a couple coaches on here hopefully soon in the coming weeks. Uh, you just got to pick your spots and, and have some good questions. So we're, uh, we're working our way towards that, hopefully talking with uh, Coach Doms, Coach Palm, and maybe Coach Walber again uh, here in the next few weeks. So let's put a bow on the week six game against Penn Manor and talk about our player of the game. And I think this one's pretty obvious from, you know, it's it's rare to see someone score on special teams, but to do it twice in two different ways is something special. He was up for our award for week five against McCaskey. So I think it's only fitting that he is the player of the game for week six in the victory against Penn Manor. Yeah, and you can't really uh, overstate the the timing or importance of those plays either. The, you know, they weren't uh, kind of late in the game when when the game was already decided and out of hand. No, um, you know, like the punt return came at a key time. It was a one-possession game at that time, and it made it a two-possession game, which was key because then uh, Wilson gave up the big play, you know, to cut it back to a one-possession game. And then... He immediately said, no, we're going back to two possessions and, and forced it back up to 21-7. So, the, uh, those, those two touchdowns came at key times. And it really, like we mentioned when we were going through the highlights, that set the tone for the rest of the game. That was kind of it. You know, Penn Manor might have had that feeling of like, oh, you know what? Maybe we will get some breaks tonight. And they kick it off and he returns it for the touchdown and like, nope, that's not it. So, um, you know, it really worked out. Uh, couldn't have worked out much better. He two great returns at a great time, um, and it's nice. He's had a lot of close calls, and not all like he's had a lot of close calls that were close, not his fault, right? Um, 
But yeah, a lot of so a lot it, of flags, especially against right. Warwick a couple weeks ago. Nice. He he now he didn't score on any of those. I don't believe, I know, but but he set up of, the offense in good position. Then you'd look back and there'd be a flag on the field. I know some of the players ha- have told us about how like to take care of the penalty problem. They've started like the coaches have instituted like a, a running punishment for the units that <laughs> that committed those special teams penalties, and uh, I know. Like Mason is on all of those. <laughs> so like some of the guys are on punt return, but not on kick return or some, you know, like he's on all of them. So um, I, I can only imagine that wasn't, that wasn't a lot of fun, but I'm glad to see the units got it together. Cause he, he talks, you know, in the interview, he talked about the wall, you know, that mm-hmm. they, they get that wall set up and it, off, off we go. Yeah. Mason's a fun guy to interview cause he's very humble and uh and selfless he he's always heaping praise on the other 10 guys around him on the field and and even the guys and coaches off the field uh so he's always fun to talk to and you know you can see he was he wasn't utilized much in the offensive game plan he had one catch for 2 yards and a rush for a yard but he made his contributions on special teams and an equally important phase in the game of football so congratulations to senior wide receiver cornerback and kick punt returner Mason McElroy he's the Bulldog Hours player of the game for the week 6 victory over the Penn Manor Comets. All right, moving right along, we're going to work towards our previews. And coming up in week seven, Friday, October 14th, Wilson will play the Lebanon Cedars. And it's a, an interesting one for sure because, well, Wilson hasn't played them in a long time. Uh, it's been uh, 17 years, I believe, a little over 17 years. 18 years um, since they last played. At Lebanon. So, yeah, 17 years since the teams played, 18 years since they played at Lebanon, um, which is over 6,200 days ago. Um, Literally, some of these kids may not have been born. Actually, majority of these kids probably weren't born born, the last time Wilson played at Lebanon. And most of these kids uh, were very young uh, when Wilson and Lebanon met at Gursky in 1999. Now, the Cedars are currently... One and five. They haven't won a league game. They're zero and three. They opened the season against Cedarcrest and lost that one twenty six to fourteen. They got their first and only win of the season at Effort in week two, thirty seven to eight. But now they're on a four game losing streak. They lost at Elizabethtown thirty six to twelve. They lost to Penn Manor forty eight to twelve. They lost to Warwick 55 to 14 and they lost to Conestoga Valley 42 to 13. And you can see other than that win against Ephrata where they put up 37 points, the Cedars offense hasn't scored more than 14 against any opponent the rest of the way. And the, the Mountaineers are the only team they held to less than 26 points. Yeah. And, and Ephrata is a team that's, that's struggling in section three, uh, right now of, they're, they're a bigger school, but they've agreed, you know, they have uh, um, a condition, I think, maybe with, with Garden Spot, but I'm not 100% sure that that's the school. Uh, there's a rule in the LL League that you can switch sections mm-hmm. if you can find a partner to switch with. Right. Um, and Ephrata is in that category, I believe, where they switch down from Section 2 um, to Section 3, and I think it's Garden Spot switches up from Section 3 to Section 2. Um, I'm not 100% sure that that's the exact switch, but... Um, you know, it's been a rough road the last month or so for Lebanon. Um, you know, so, you know, again, it, you don't really know a whole lot to expect because it's an uncommon 
uh, opponent. We haven't played them, like right. you said, in a, in a long time. Um, so you're not, not exactly sure what you're going to get. Um, you're on the road. Again, it, you, you can think all the things you want before the game, but uh, – I'm certain they're not going to just go in and be like, Oh, we, we don't have a chance. You know, they're, they're going to be thinking, but let, let us be the team. You know, we, we don't need to beat them every week. We need to beat them this one time. So, right. um, you know, you, you never know how it'll kind of go, but um, hopefully Wilson can go in there and, and do the things they need to do. And then hopefully things, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Why hasn't Wilson played Lebanon in nearly two decades? Well, Wilson had to drop to section two to take them on in 1998 and 1999. And actually the first time Wilson played the Cedars in 1998, things didn't exactly go as planned as uh, Lebanon actually got the best of the Bulldogs. And I actually pulled up the Reading Eagle article following that game. Uh, it was written by Mike Drago. Um, and, you know, it says the Bulldogs are beaten in every facet of the game and are left wondering whether they're capable of finishing with a winning record. Yeah. Now, Wilson went on to finish the season, I believe, at 7-3, and three, and I think that was Coach Cantafio's first season as the head man for the Bulldogs. So, you know, they lost 20-7 to seven at Lebanon. That was Wilson's last trip there. So, technically, they haven't won at Lebanon in over two decades, most likely. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is the 29th all-time meeting. Wilson leads that 23-5, to five, uh, but I didn't go back far enough to see what had happened the previous time they played at Lebanon. But the last time Wilson played at Lebanon, um, you know, 18 years ago, it was a loss. Now, the teams met the second year uh, that Coach Kentafi was at Wilson, and Lebanon came to Gursky, and things went a little bit different that time around. And you remember the 1999 season was pretty magical. Um, Wilson went undefeated in league play and steamrolled through the districts, absolutely housing Cumberland Valley to move on to the, the state playoffs uh, where they'd fall to Becca High, but that was the game. Well, that was the team with Pete Gilmore. Um, you know, they had that, that awesome victory against Manheim Central during the 1999 season. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Matt Malinowski wrote the recap in the 99, uh, after the 99 game. And he says, uh, things couldn't go much better for Wilson, which avenges a 1998 loss to Lebanon with a solid win. Wilson won that game 49 to 14. So last Wilson victory, September 1999. Last Lebanon victory, September 1998. One of those things will change here uh, in the coming or th in this week upcoming here as the Bulldogs and Cedars will meet in week seven, Friday, October 14th. So, you know, this is one of those games like we talked about, the, the, the games that we just recapped. This is one that on paper Wilson should win. Like it's it, it should happen. But you never know. You never know on the road, a team that you don't have a lot of experience again, at least recently. You never want to take things for granted. Oh, so you have to stay focused and be ready. We were talking with with some people before the Penn Manor game. You know, you, the thing you have to keep in mind is when when Wilson goes to the, especially on the road, you know, Lebanon played their rival week one in, in Cedar Crest. It's kind of like Wilson plays Mifflin. I mean, that's not the exact same thing, but, you know, a similar thing. They're neighboring school districts, um, lots of, you know, ties there. So that their big rivalry game is week one. If they beat effort a week two, if I, I don't know what their rest of their schedule is like, I, you know, I'm sure they hope to win every game, but if they had to pick one, every team Wilson plays every week, if they You're had that to pick team. one to win, it's going to be the Wilson game, you know, to end the streak, all that stuff on the line. 
Everybody wants is going to give Wilson their best shot. And so you need to be ready for that, regardless of what the team has done leading up to that game or what they may do in the future. You know, that does not matter on that one night. Right. So you you need to be ready to go and take care of business. Yeah. So we're going to move on from a team that's reeling as the Bulldogs come to town to a team that's starting to click as they await to come to Gursky in two weeks. And that is the week eight showdown with Mannheim Township. Now, the week eight game will be the return to Gursky Stadium for the Bulldogs after a two week hiatus. Uh, Friday, October 21st is going to be pink out band night. And also the night that the Wilson Football Tradition Club is honoring the Bulldogs 1981 championship team, inviting back players, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors from that squad and to be recognized on the anniversary 35 years. So a lot going on before and during the game and also, you know, a game that most people entering the year thought that this would be decide the quote unquote league championship, even though it's in week eight with a couple weeks to go. Uh, and right now it's shaping up to be that way. If Wilson beats Lebanon, um, you know, they'll set up a showdown with Mannheim Township, who's currently sitting at four and two and undefeated in the league at three and zero. Now they suffered a setback to open the season against Central Dolphin, where they, they lost 31 to nine. Um, this was on the road at Central Dolphin, but they came back the next week and put up 35 points and shut out Southwestern to improve to one and one. But then they would travel to Shillington to take on Governor Mifflin. And in a bit of surprise, the Mustangs, who Wilson pounded in the first week of the season, came out and beat the Blue Streaks 28-20. to And that really surprised a lot of people, including many Wilson fans. Yeah, I think that grabbed everyone's attention because it was so close to the Wilson-Mifflin result. I think in the time since then... Um, Mifflin has proven that they are an improving team. Oh, and much better than um, what, and, and much better than what Wilson saw in week one. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's one factor into it. And also, you know, you're about to get to it in, in the next little bit here. Uh, Mannheim Township since that point has proven mm-hmm. that they have gotten a lot better since that point as well. Right. And it's in three games, they've only given up a total of 22 points to Hempfield Conestoga Valley, who has a pretty good offense and McCaskey while scoring on their own over a hundred. They, they put up 33 against Hempfield, 35 at Conestoga Valley and 35 at McCaskey. So 103 to 22 is what they did to the next three teams. Now, Granted, none of those three teams historically strong or even this year strong, although CV, Conestoga Valley, um, looking like they should be a challenger um, with Warwick Township and Wilson. Um, now, Conestoga Valley suffered a few setbacks, but they're still definitely not a team to overlook, and Township beat them 35-12. to 12. Yeah, and if you look at it, until McCaskey scored a touchdown this week, um, they hadn't given up a touchdown at home or like at Mannheim Township. So like correct they their defense is, and McCaskey scored like five minutes to play, right, which means right, it was against right. backups and, and JV. And mercy rule was in effect, right? And, you know, or probably well, in, it, in yeah, effect. it was thirty five nothing. So you know that that's one of those where their defense is clicking, and you know their offense is gonna is gonna put up points. Um, so you you have to be ready. That and it, like you said, it's shaping up to be a big game. Um, a lot going on at Wilson that night. Um, and, you know, it's just there's going to be a lot on the line. Um, now, and in the historical context of the, you know, now, again, they have to get by Lebanon this week. Um, and Township, who, did you mention who they Township have? Township has to host Warwick this okay, week. Okay, so that, that's actually a big game, That's a too. big game. Yeah, that is so, a big game. Um, 
it, it'll be interesting to see how those things play out, but um, it does either way, really, it doesn't take away from the township factor at Wilson because when you relate it specifically to the streak, there's some special ties to Manheim Township. Yeah, township can weather the storm this week, hosting Warwick and then going to Wilson. They finish with Lebanon and Penn Manor, probably the two weakest teams in LL Section 1. So, you know, Township beats Warwick and then they beat Wilson. You got to think they're the odds on favorite to be the, the league champ. Uh, now, Wilson, on the other hand, has Lebanon this week, then Township. They have to play Hempfield and Conestoga Valley. Right. So a little bit tougher final two weeks for the Bulldogs versus the Streaks. That's why it makes the game, should Township beat Warwick, the game at Wilson in two weeks against the Blue Streaks, basically for the league championship if things go as planned here in week seven. So when the Bulldogs and Streaks do meet, this will be the 45th all-time game between the teams. Wilson leads it 34 Nine and one, they're one tie in there. And last year, the Bulldogs went to uh, Nestville in basically the same thing that we're talking about now. What was basically for the league championship um, back on October twenty third, and um, while Wilson only won by twenty one, forty eight twenty seven, it was never in doubt. Wilson controlled that entire game, uh, and you know, a couple couple mistakes here and there, and I think a touchdown late uh, against the JVs cut it to the 21 point score, but Wilson flat out dominated this game. It was never in doubt. It was a Bulldogs victory, which basically secured their eighth straight, uh, undefeated run and league title in LL section one play. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we mentioned it, especially, uh, you know, in, in, in high school football, you, you don't know what you're going to get, uh, from week to week. So both teams have games they need to get through this week, but, Kind of regardless of those outcomes, it's shaping up to be a big matchup. It would just be bigger if both teams take care of business this week. Um, so that Wilson Penn Ma- or the Wilson Manheim Township game is is shaping up to be a big one at home for Wilson, which is you know they'll have the benefit of being at home. Um, so that that could be an exciting Friday night. And we can't mention the game against Manheim Township without mentioning the last time the Blue Streaks beat the Bulldogs, which, you know, 60 straight wins for the, for Wilson and against Section 1 teams. It's been a long time. Well, Manheim Township has the distinction of being the last team to beat Wilson in Section 1 in league play, and that was back on October 26, 2007. Manheim Township won 26-7, and if you're watching on the video, I have the Reading Eagle page sports section from that day and the day after Mike Drago wrote about the streaks bottling up the Bulldogs. And there's a nice color picture of, I believe, Chris Chris Hartzell there um, talking about Township, what they were able to do in the incredibly soggy conditions uh, at Mannheim Township. And uh, that's the last time that Wilson lost to Mannheim Township and last time they lost a league game. All right, well, I think we covered everything, so we're going to hit the road for the fifth episode of the second season of the Bulldog Hour. Don't forget to like Wilson Bulldogs and the Bulldog Hour fan pages on Facebook and follow at Wilson Bulldogs and Bulldog Hour on Twitter. You know, we have live game updates, photos, and hopefully continue to do live video interviews post-game. Video during games is done on Periscope on Twitter. And the video interviews of coaches and players following the game is done on Facebook Live. Um, we're also on Instagram. Follow us at Bulldog Hour. 
And each of us individually can be followed at Coach Joe Mays or at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. We'd like to thank our sponsors, primarily Mays Sandwich Shop, but also thanks to our anonymous supporter, as well to Andy Herr, who we mentioned on the last show, uh, at Andy Brackets on Twitter. He's a writer for EasternPAFootball.com and does basketball coverage at LLHoops.com. We appreciate anybody and everyone that spreads the word and contributes to us in any meaningful capacity. Uh, you know, we do this for fun, but we do appreciate the support that we get from uh, a lot of different people and folks and organizations around uh, Berks County. And if you are interested in supporting the show, make sure you go to bulldoghour.com for all the information on sponsorships and donations. Well, I think that's it. Anything, anything to add? No, uh, you know, it's, it's fun doing, uh, the episodes off of, uh, two, two great weeks. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in two weeks, uh, yeah. we're, we're settling in after hopefully another two great weeks. When I, uh, we're back here. We'll, we'll see. For uh, episode six, we're talking about a, a big win over Lebanon and a win over Mannheim yeah, Township, which will, should get us on the right path right. to the ninth straight title. Uh, you know, go, having to play Hemfield and then go to Conestoga Valley to finish the season. Nothing's a guarantee, right? And but beating Township has you in the driver's seat alone, right? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those you hear it in a lot of other sports, but uh, the way high school football set up, like if you win your games, you're you're gonna win your your titles. You know, it, you don't have to worry about other people knocking off other people for you if you win your games. Um, there, there's plenty of work to do. Uh, the Absolutely, next, the next couple of weeks, but uh, hopefully they can do the job, and we'll have hopefully more good news when we come back. We did want to throw up the uh, District Three power ratings, but unfortunately, some teams haven't entered that information as of the recording. Wilson is, I think, right now fifth with about four of the sixteen teams yet to enter their results. I think Wilson's going to jump to fourth once the results are entered. But again, it's early. It's we're only through right. um, week six. Four weeks to go. Uh, if Wilson wins out, they'll probably be no lower than third, could possibly be second, which if they get to second, they'd host two games. Right. So which that, would be huge. Yeah, that, that would be huge if they could get to second. So, so But, you know, whenever we do a show and the, all the power ratings are posted, if that happens, if the schools cooperate, we'll make sure to throw that up. And if not, you know, if you're on Facebook following the Wilson Bulldogs football page or Bulldog Hour uh, when those power ratings get finalized, we'll make sure we have them for you. So we hope you enjoy this episode of the Bulldog Hour for Justin Raffoff and the Wilson Football Program. I'm Joe Mays, and remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.